everybody. It's Thrive. Come on. Amen. You know, the Bible tells me, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Now, if you're breathing, can you give King Jesus the greatest praise offering you could ever give him, Lord? We pray your anointing fill this room. Your people receive from you. Lord, it is going to be an awesome night tonight, Father. We can't wait for you to do what you want to do inside of us individually. Because, God, you're not interested in just using one person. You want to use all your people tonight. And so as we get ready to receive this word, Lord, we stir up the atmosphere of praise and worship in this house, God. We stir it up, Lord, right now, the atmosphere of worship, that you're attracted to our praise. You're in this room, and if you're in this room, no power of darkness can survive or thrive in it. Only the people of God can thrive in the presence of the Lord. And we give you praise. Come on, can we bless him one more time with our hands, with our voice, with all that is within us? Let's bless the Lord. Amen. Woo! Look at your neighbor tonight and say, it's going to be a wild night in Jesus. Amen. Yes, it is. You can be seated in the house of God. So good to see everybody on Thrive Night. I'm looking forward to the worship. Just a moment. Looking forward to the praise. And I'm glad you're here. And if you're here for the very first time, I hope you got a gift already when you came in here. How many got your Thrive notebook? How many have it? Amen. If you didn't get one, the ushers have one when you come in. And I know you'll be blessed by it, but you know, a gift is never good unless you take it. So if you knew you had a gift, but you left it sitting out in the lobby or you left, you left it with uh, the giver of the gift, on this one, it'd be Pastor Sam. How many know the gift does no good if you don't take it? How many believe God has gifts for his people. And, and that's where we started last week with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the gift of the baptism and the power of the Holy Spirit. But for the next three weeks, uh, four weeks, including this, this Wednesday, we're going to talk about the power of the spiritual gifts. We're going to study the word on how the supernatural gifts of the Holy Spirit work through you. Can it work through me? The question is not can it? The question, is it? Because every single Jesus follower should be using the supernatural gifts of the Spirit of God. Now, how many of you like reading the Word of the Lord? Okay, it's a good thing to read, amen? But when you look at the New Testament, the New Testament church is depicted, the Christianity of the New Testament was depicted in supernatural ways when you read it. Supernatural ways. And these weren't people that were superstars. They were ordinary people just like you and me operating in a supernatural way, not inside the building, but outside of the building. So it's not, can the Holy Spirit work through me? The question for you, sir, is, is it working through me? Because that is what the Holy Spirit does. He, he was sent and he released supernatural gifts in every believer's life. So what I want you to know is you're gifted. Look at the person beside you and say, I did, to tell them, say, I didn't know, I'm gifted. Would you tell them that? Say, I'm gifted. I'm gifted. You are gifted. Amen. Now I want you to look at the words. So I want you to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Why don't you get your notepads out, get your Bibles out. We're going to go into the word of God. I want you to look at this and study it with me. 
Because you don't receive what you don't know you already have. You got to use it. That notebook is worthless if it's in the hand of the usher, but not you. It can be there, but you got to take it. Have me thank God we're taking every gift God gives us. Amen. So let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1, and look what the Apostle Paul says to the Corinthian church. Uh, they were steeped in all kinds of sexual immorality. They get saved, all kinds of demonology. They get saved, born again, and now the power of the Holy Spirit. They've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. They're speaking in other tongues. He's got to train them on how to, on how to use speak, speaking in tongues. There's a private use for it, and there's a public use for it when you're in public settings. He goes on and on and on about that. But then he starts talking through the Holy Spirit, and he says this to the believers today as he did then. He would say today through the Holy Spirit. He says, now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question, watch this, about the special abilities the Spirit gives us, I don't want you to misunderstand it. So if he had to tell them, I don't want you to misunderstand, how many people were misunderstanding it? And if they're misunderstanding it then, they're misunderstanding it now. And I'm going to help you give some clarity, and our teachers are going to give you clarity on the supernatural gifts that God gives you. It's not, can God use me? My question, are you using it? Are you using it? And that's what the Holy Spirit is asking us today. So let's go down to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 4 as he, reads, as he writes on. Let's see what he says. So he doesn't want to misunderstand. He says, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but in the same, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us. A spiritual gift is only given to Pastor Sam. I'm telling you, you're gifted and you don't know it. He says a special gift is given to each of us so we can do what? You know, some people get a gift and they want everybody to see how wonderful a gift they are. Ah, uh, yes, let me tell you, I have the gift of healing. Oh, well, you have a gift of healing? Well, I have the gift of the word of wisdom. Well, you have the gift of wisdom? It's like a card game. Well, I'll see your gift of wisdom and raise you a gift of knowledge. It's like they're out there performing. Don't you get sick of it? God uses, one, God uses us one time, and we got to put out our press release. Don't believe your own press release. Just, just know that he's the one giving this. Now watch this. Watch this. He says there's different kinds. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is the source of them all. And now watch what he, look what he says. Let's go to, uh, he says, God, verse 6, God works in different ways, but it's the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. You'll see this noted as the word of wisdom when the teachers teach this, this over the next few weeks. To another, the same Spirit gives the message of a special knowledge, where we call it word of knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another, so there's this supernatural surge of great faith to another, and to someone else, the one Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles, there's another gift, and another the ability to prophesy, there's another gift. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. 
Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. These are supernatural power gifts of the Holy, powerful gifts of the Holy Spirit, nine of them. It is the one, listen to this, it is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He only decides which gift each person should have. Now, the New Testament church was so powerful, growing so fast, folks, and here's the reason why. They weren't depending on the pastor to be the only one operating the gifts. They started exercising and using the gifts that the Spirit gave to the entire body of Christ, the Jesus follower. Now, I'm going to tell you, that church was functioning back then, and how many believe the church of Grand Rapids First here ought to be functioning in it today? It's for every believer. It's for every believer. Now look at this. To be functioning as a member of the body of Christ, what he's saying here, if you're going to function as a member of the body of Christ and witness for, be a witness for him for the world, you cannot do it outside of the power of the Holy Spirit. In fact, what he wants you to do is to have an understanding, like Paul was sitting there with those believers, and I'm sitting here with you today, and our teachers are over the next few Wednesdays. What he's saying, I want you to understand these nine supernatural Gifts of the Holy Spirit that are available to the follower of Jesus Christ. We have access to this. Folks, we're gifted. We're, everybody say, just say, I'm gifted. I'm gifted by the Holy Spirit. And you know, I looked, I looked that word up, gifted. It really means having great special ability. That's what it means, having great special ability. And he said, the Holy Spirit gives us this special ability. Now, Jesus' followers are gifted, but so many of them don't even know it. They don't even know they're gifted. And none of them could be explained by natural talent or education or ability. Somebody says, a word of wisdom. Well, I'm just a wise person. Well, no, he's saying that you can't explain this with just having an education, natural talent, or ability. And when God uses them, don't think you're super special because God's rewarding you because you're more spiritual than somebody else. Because that's what happens. We see someone used in this gift, and I'm going to deal with this in just a moment, so we think they're more special and God loves them more and he's rewarding them. No, these are not rewards at all. In fact, they're called gifts, when you read the scripture, or graces, and we're going to talk about, we're going to break that word because it's really called graces, and they're undeserved, but they're imparted by the will of God to the believer for the good of the entire body of Christ and to help each other. How many of you love that when God uses How many know God can use you? You're gifted. You are gifted by the Holy Spirit. You're just gifted and don't know it. You gotta take the gift like you took the notebook, amen? So let's get your notepads out. You're gonna need this. There are nine gifts of the Spirit that Paul specifically identifies here. There are nine, and I wanna go through them real quick, but I can't, I'm not gonna be able to break these down. Each speaker is gonna break these down into deeper teaching using their own personal illustrations of how God used them. But I want to divide these nine gifts into three groups or categories so you'll have uh, easy referencing clarification of what they are, so you can understand them more clearly. And over the next three weeks, they're going to break down each one of these sections. But if I could take these nine and break them into three categories, here's the first category. I would call them the revelation gifts. And the revelation gifts that he talks about are what we call as the word of knowledge, or he says, or an ability of special knowledge. It's something that you didn't study or learn. It's special knowledge. There's a word of wisdom, word of wisdom. It's to give special direction where you don't, you, you, God, God supernaturally gives it to you to give direction or to have the word of knowledge, 
or the discerning of spirits. Now, these are gifts of revelation that you could not receive any other way but the Holy Spirit releasing it and revealing it to you. That's the only way. It's not something you study, you got a degree on. It is supernaturally the Holy Spirit using the word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and discerning of a spirit, whether it's from God or for some other foreign spirit that is not of God. Then the second category, another one of our speakers would do, is called the power gifts. We're going to put this category in power gifts. This is the ability of supernatural faith. Just, I mean, faith surges to believe God for the supernatural things. The gift of faith. I'm not talking about faith like, what's your faith? Well, I'm Christian. Well, I'm this. That's not. No, there's a surge of faith for a supernatural belief for something to happen. And they're going to talk more about that. I don't want to preempt the speakers on what they're going to be dealing with. Then there's the gift of the gift of healings. We call these power gifts, the gifting of healings. And then the working of miracles, signs and wonders and miracles. Now, these we call gifts of power. And if I could put it any other way, uh, these power gifts, they just get things done. Things that were an impasse, things that couldn't get happen, uh, uh, things that you couldn't get delivered from, things you couldn't get healed from. This is, this is a supernatural power gift that things get done when this starts happening through the believer. Okay? So that, that's the second one. And then there's the vocal gifts. So we have revelation gifts, power gifts, vocal gifts. This is where we have different kinds of tongues. Different kinds of tongues through the Holy Spirit coming through the believer. A language they were not taught. And then there's the interpretation of that tongue. That's used in that corporate setting. The interpretation of what was that tongue, what does that mean for the body of Christ? The interpretation of the tongue. And then there's prophecy. The power of prophecy. Bringing that word from the Lord. Now, the reason we call those, uh, the reason why we call those vocal gifts is because it has to come through the human vocal cord to be manifested for the help of everybody else in the body of Christ. Now, when we talk about these gifts, I don't want people to get confused about it, so let me help you just a little bit on, on some different types of gifts there are, and don't confuse them with these spiritual gifts. Don't confuse ministry gifts and spiritual gifts, because there's a difference between ministry gifts and spiritual gifts, okay? you got to make that clarification. And we're going to deal with some other stuff here that you're going to go, oh man, I wish somebody would have told me that earlier. So let me help you out on this. You're going to get this. There's a difference between ministry gifts and spiritual gifts. When you go to Ephesians 4.11, and I want you to go to Ephesians 4.11, it specifies five specific ministry gifts that the resurrected Jesus Christ gave to humanity and to the body of Christ. He gave these gifts. And so look what Paul says in Ephesians 4.11. Okay, let's look at these five gifts for a moment. He says, it was he, speaking of Jesus, it was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers. He lists five ministry gifts. These are not spiritual gifts. They are ministry gifts, and people confuse these. These are ministry gifts. Now, there's a difference. Ministry gifts in Ephesians 5, in Ephesians 5, uh, 5 4, 11, is the person is the gift. So what I'm trying to tell you, <laughs> okay, that's pretty weak, but I'll take it. Amen. That's pretty weak. 
The person is the gift. God uses that person as a gift. The person is the gift from Christ to the church. So this is the reason why, like when I have one of our pastors get up or we have a guest speaker, I honor the gift that God has given. How many of you have ever given your child a gift and they act like it's nothing? This iPhone's the wrong color. Have you ever had that happen to you? That's the reason why I think honor is lost in the body of Christ. So this is why when we have ministry people here, male or female, that God chooses to use in those, we honor those gifts. So in ministry gifts, remember, the person is the gift. Now, when we're going to 1 Corinthians 12 of these spiritual gifts, for all Jesus' followers, the spiritual gifts, guess what happened? The person is given the gift to minister to others. That's the difference. The gift is given to you so you can minister. That's the difference. Let's go back to the, another thing. The ministry gifts, guess what? With ministry gifts, the gift is a life work. What I do, my calling is a life work. I will never shake this calling. I don't care how long. I don't care. I will have this till the day I go to see Jesus Christ or he raptures me out of this with the rest of you. This is my calling in life. I live it. I eat it. I breathe it. I sleep it. This is my call in life. Just like athletes. You meet these people that are athletes. I mean, their whole life was surrounded. What they eat determines what they, you know, they're, 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 they're a professional athlete and they eat a certain thing. They get up at a certain time. They only do certain things. Why? Because it's their life calling. That's the same way with these ministry gifts. The gift is a life work. That's when, you know, when Paul told Timothy, he says, Timothy, do the work of an evangelist. That was his calling's life. The whole life centers, their whole life centers around being that apostle, that prophet, that, that it's all around that evangelist, that pastor, that teacher, their whole life revolves around that. But with spiritual gifts, now let me show you something about spiritual gifts. Just because God used you in a spiritual gift does not mean he's called you to be a pastor or if you've been used in prophecy that now you're a prophet. See, that people get confused with that. So because God used you in prophecy, you think you're a prophet. That's because people have bad teaching. That doesn't mean you're prop because spiritual gifts, watch this, when God gives spiritual gifts, listen closely to this, usually when God uses a believer in a spiritual gift, it's brief, it's dramatic, I mean, it draws a lot of attention, it's brilliant, it's, it's an arresting manifestation, I mean, boom, and here's usually what happens with a spiritual gift, you ready for this? They happen and they're finished. God used you for that moment, they happen and they finish. The problem is if somebody gets used in a gift or, or, or you know, he used you in a certain way and you think, this is my ministry gift. No, 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 no. He wants to use you in that spiritual gift. Now, he may call you as a pastor and use you and he may bring you to that ultimate one day. That could, be his, that could be what his calling is on your life. But spiritual gifts, they happen and they're done. In other words, it doesn't go on and on and on and on and on. I'm, you know, I'm healing, 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 healing. Are you following? Are you tracking with me? I got wisdom, 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 wisdom all the time. Line up, line up. Here's my 1-800 number. I'll have wisdom, 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 wisdom for you. It's, it's, it's usually for that moment. It's brilliant. It's arresting. And it's brief. That's what spiritual gifts operate when you see them in the word of God. How many are tracking with me so far? It doesn't go on and on. The difference, here's the ministry gift. Watch this. Hold, just stay with me on this. 
Character is essential if you're going to be a pastor, apostle, prophet, evangelist, teacher. You must have integrity. You got to have it. You got to have it. Now, let me help you on another one. <laughs> this, this is going to trip some of you out. But when it comes to a spiritual gift, character is not a prerequisite. Because character is not always involved. It seems, it, to me, it should be. <laughs> You're going to raise the dead, you ought to at least not be a jerk. You're going to get a word of wisdom. You ought to take some of that advice for yourself. Listen close to me. Character is not always involved. It seems like it should be. And if you don't learn this quickly as a Jesus follower, you're going to encounter people that have a spirit, God uses in a spiritual gift, and then you are sideswiped by their lack of integrity or their lack of morals, and you end up becoming a bitter, cynical Christian and will probably walk away eventually from the faith. There are so many people I know not in church today because they didn't understand that when it comes to a spiritual gift, they followed someone because they had this incredible spiritual supernatural gift but they did not have the character or the integrity. But if you're going to live out relationships and you want to be an apostle, you want to be a prophet, you want to be an evangelist, you want to be a pastor, you want to be a teacher, then you got to live by the word of God in your character. I don't think nobody wants to sign up now for that one. Amen. See, because let, let, me, let me show you. Let's talk about like, the gift of prophecy. Prophe prophecy itself doesn't give you the ministry of a prophet, nor the character that necessarily score corresponds with that ministry gift. However, if you receive a supernatural gift, it puts an incredible responsibility on you to deal with character issues if God uses you in that supernatural gift, because a lot of people just aren't mature enough to know the difference when it comes to that. But I'm training you and teaching you because I've seen people have some supernatural gifts and the next thing you know, you find out they got this lifestyle that is totally contrary to the word of God. How in the world could God ever use them? How many, how many have ever seen that? How many have ever experienced that? You can get cynical. It does not always require, a spiritual gift does not require always having good character. Because merely exercising a spiritual gift doesn't make the person with that spiritual gift spiritual or mature. And I can prove it from the Bible. So you better give me Bible on this, Pastor Sam. I will give you Bible on this. How many remember in Numbers 20, 22, 22, when Balaam, the prophet, a disobedient prophet, was on top of a donkey and he wouldn't listen to God. So God took that donkey and opened his mouth with a spiritual gift to prophesy to a disobedient prophet. How many remember that? Okay. 
Now, let me just tell you something. God caused the donkey to prophesy. So let me just say this. He was a donkey before he prophesied. And he was still a donkey after he prophesied. So there are people that can prophesy and be jerks before they prophesy and be jerks after they prophesy. So if God used a donkey, that means God can use some very imperfect people whose integrity and character may not be together. So you've got to be very wise that just because someone or even yourself, you're used in a spiritual gift that God condones your lifestyle just because he gave you a spiritual gift to operate in. Because there's so many believers that think because God has used me in one of these spiritual gifts, then he must condone me or he wouldn't use me. That's not true. Because if God can use a jet, I mean a donkey, and I've watched so many believers get cynical and walk away because they didn't understand the maturity of that. I'm glad you came to thrive. Amen. So my point is this, is what people with spiritual gifts need is they just don't need those, they just don't need those gifts of the spirit. They need the fruit of the spirit. And so, and don't confuse the fruit of the spirit with the gift of the spirit. Okay. Don't confuse that. You know, Galatians chapter five, you know, there's love, there's joy, there's peace, uh, you know, long suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Those are the fruit of the spirit. That's the fruit of the spirit. The spirit gives that fruit. It's not fruits. It's fruit that all of that stuff comes out of the spirit. Okay. Gifts of the spirit fruit of the spirit, two different, totally different things. Okay. Let me show you just, just real quickly. Let me show you the difference. Okay. Um, the gifts of the Spirit are like a Christmas tree with ornaments. Wow. Wow. But how many know that tree is going to die because it has no roots? But the fruit of the Spirit is a fruit tree that you planted, you cultivate, you pruned, you cultivated, you gave fertilizer, you watered it, and you wait patiently and you labored for something beautiful to come out so everybody could taste and see. Gifts of the Spirit are like ornaments. Bling. Ah, you know it's going away. But the fruit, fruit tree requires patience and labor. See, and that's what some people, people do in churches. We just want to love people. We just want to love people. No. See, so what you want to do is you want to categorize. Well, we just really, really, what we really need is we need the fruit of the Spirit over the gifts. No, you need both of them. Okay? It would be like a mother. I mean, which, is this a kind mother who has a sick child and has got a fever and she's just saying kind words. Oh, I love you. You're so pretty. I'm so God God gave you to me. I just love you so much. The kid has a fever, but she's got a bottle of aspirin there. She has a thermometer there, but she doesn't check the temperature and she doesn't give the kid the medicine to set him free. Is that really kindness? So I'm going to tell you, church, we don't, don't need fruit of the Spirit. We need believers to start operating in the power of the Spirit to administer things that will deliver people out of their problems by following the power of the Holy Spirit. Can I get an amen and owe me or thank you, Jesus, or somehow God use me? Amen. So let me get through this real quick. So all believers have a spiritual gift. I want you to know all believers have a spiritual gift. All believers. Say that with me. All believers have a spiritual gift. Look at your neighbor and say that means you. Yeah, come on, you're gifted. Come on, you're gifted. 1 Corinthians 12, 7, ready? But to each one is given 
the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good to each one, not just the pastoral team, not just Steve Furtick, everyone has spiritual gift. Look at Romans chapter 12, verse 6. Since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, each of us is to exercise them accordingly, whatever the Spirit of God wills to give you. In that moment, whatever it is, you should be exercising it. 1 Corinthians 12, 31. It's not if God can, is are you using it? 1 Corinthians 12, 31. But earnestly desire the greater gifts. See, now listen, if, if, if we could not have gifts, there wouldn't be anything to desire. So it's clear in the will of God for you to desire to have these gifts, to work them in your life, to be sensitive to them. Gifts are equipment. Listen, gifts are the equipment for the normal Christian life. It's abnormal if you're not allowing God to use you in these gifts. It's abnormal. It's abnormal. So the purpose, the purpose of the gifts, according to 1 Corinthians 12, 7, is to make us effective members of the body of Christ and ultimately glorify God that people can be pointed to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. That is the purpose for it. Now, I want to use a word that I went back when I used the word grace, because these are grace gifts. They're grace gifts. Now, the Greek word for gifts or gift in 1 Corinthians 12, our, our text, let me just show you this. It is the Greek word charisma. How many have ever heard the word charisma before? Okay, we always put it with someone's personality, but that's not what it is. The nine gifts listed here are not the only charisma gifts. There's more than nine mentioned in the scriptures, but they're linked to others, okay? They're linked to others. And having an understanding of the other kinds of grace, grace gifts gives you the ability and enables you to put the nine gifts in their proper perspective because there's 26 of them. But he's talking about the nine, and we're talking about the nine that should be operating in believers. So charisma, the word charisma is derived from the Greek word charis, charis, C-H-A-R-I-S, charis. And that word charis there is translated, you ready for this? It's translated the word grace. And that's why we use the word grace gifts. Now let's talk about grace. What is grace? Grace is the unmerited favor of God toward the undeserving and the ill-deserving. Remember that? That's what grace means. It's the unmerited favor of God toward the undeserving and the ill-deserving. How many know that means you and me? So grace is free, right? You receive it by faith. It's free. It's not earned. You cannot earn that gift. So here's the deal. We don't receive a gift by earning it or deserving it. Listen closely. We don't get it by earning or deserving it because we're now good enough. We're not even good enough for it. And listen, and, and, and we keep, as believers, we keep it, if we keep it to ourselves, it's useless. Some people deliberately let it go. They don't use the gift, which can happen. I'm going to tell you this. God has not withdrawn the gifts from you and me. I promise you, he has not. But if we don't use them, guess what, friends? It's never experienced. 
Understanding that charisma is an unconditional gift. It's an unconditional gift is vital in our receiving and exercising the spiritual gifts. It's undeserved. You don't deserve it. It's by faith that I begin to operate it when I know the Spirit of God is using me in it. So notice something that Paul did. I want you to go to Romans chapter 12 with me. I want you to notice something that Paul lined up the word gifts with the word grace. Now I want you to see this. This is very important as you study the word tonight. Romans chapter 12 and verse 6, start there. It says, he says, since we have gifts, and that's the word their gifts there in the Greek is the word charisma, that differ according to the grace, that's the word charis, given to us, each of us is to exercise them accordingly. If prophecy, according to the portion of, their, of his faith. If service in his servicing, or he who teaches in his teaching, or he who exhorts in his exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Every person has his or her own particular manifestation of God's grace that enables him to do what God has called them to do, every single one of us. Now, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4, Paul lists, here, let me show you, this is why this is so important. That's different about the nine. Paul lists nine specific grace gifts. That's the focus of the teaching over these next few weeks. And Paul also said, look what he said about these gifts. He said in 1 Corinthians 12, 31, but earnestly desire the greater gift. Now, what's he saying there? What's, what does what best mean? Or the best gift? The best gift are those that best fulfill the function for which they are giving. So, Therefore, whichever gift fulfills the situation or the circumstance you're in at the time is the gift that is best. So let me explain for a second. So if a person needs direction and you're praying for them and they can't find direction and you don't even know the whole scope of this situation, but the Holy Spirit, they need, they need, they need direction. How many know what they do not need is for you to say, I think God wants to heal your back. You see what I'm saying? So when it's talking about the best gift, it's what best fits that circumstance and situation you're in. And the Spirit of God begins to pour that gift out through you and you by faith start exercising. That What they don't need is the gift of healing. They don't need their back to be prayed for. They need a gift of the word of wisdom out of you. And you're given stuff that you never learned, never studied, didn't know the background, and the Holy Spirit gives you clear direction for it. That, friends, is the power of the Spirit working through the believer. So if a person needs it, you follow in that one that fits that circumstances. And people cannot desire gifts if they don't know what the gifts are. And that's why we're going through this. You don't know that you're gifted, but you're gifted. Now, I want to go to this thing about the manifestation of the Spirit. So there are a total of 26 types of charisma or grace gifts mentioned in the New Testament, okay? 26 of them. The question is, why are the nine gifts mentioned in 1 Corinthians 12, verses 8 through 10, in a special category on their own? Why are they in that special category? And the key word that distinguishes these nine from all the other manifestations of the 26 all the toys fixing is a one word in there that is used. And I want you to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7, and look what it says. But to each one is given the manifestation. Circle that, underline it, the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. That is the difference between the others and these nine. Because of the word manifestation, it means 
that there is an open revelation when this gift happens that the, pe the person with eyes to see and ears to hear can know God is moving right now because my eyes and my ears see it happening right before me. Hear it and see it. The difference is these are manifestations that are picked up by the senses. These nine distinctive manifestations of the Spirit are therefore evidence of the invisible Spirit dwelling inside of you. Because nobody knows it's inside of you till it manifests. It can be sensed, it can be seen, it can be heard. They can see it happening. They know God is there. Let me give you another for instance. Okay, remember Jesus has this conversation with Nicodemus about being born again. He says, "How can I go back, to my mother?" He said, "It's by the Spirit. You know, you're reborn by the Spirit of God." You remember, you remember that whole that whole that whole dialogue that they had there? I want you to look at something real quick there. He says this. Jesus says this in John three eight. He says, "The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit." Now let me ask you. How many of you have ever seen the wind? I have never seen the wind. You know why? It's invisible. Yet, I only know there is wind blowing when I start seeing those leaves come out of the tree from the neighbor's yard and blows into mine. Now I need the fruit of the spirit of long-suffering. Amen. You see the trees bending. You're seeing the clouds move. When you see the leaves blow, you've never seen wind. It's invisible. But you only know there is wind when there's a manifestation of something you see or sense. The clouds moving, the tree bending, the leaves blowing. Now you know that there is the movement of the wind. Here's the deal. No one sees the Holy Spirit indwelling you. They can't see it. But the things the Holy Spirit does from within that believer with manifestations of his presence, now they begin to realize God is moving through that person to help me. The day of Pentecost. Remember that? They were all together in one place in an upper room. Suddenly the sound of a rushing mighty wind Begin to move through that building. Tongues of fire separated, came to rest on each one of them. You remember that? And then guess what happened? There was a manifestation where they all began to speak in an unknown tongue. And they were speaking in languages they had never learned and other people were listening to them on that day. And guess what happened when that manifestation of known tongue happened? Guess what happened? Nothing happened when there was a sound of a rushing wind. Nothing happened to the people outside when it seemed like there was tongues of fire that separated. Came. No, no. It finally happened when there was a manifestation of them hearing them declare the glory of God in a language that they knew those people did not know. And 3,000 people came together when the manifestation drew the crowd. And then Peter starts preaching. And what was the, person, what was the, what was the reason for it? Hey, yeah, we're pretty special. No. It was to talk about the resurrected, the crucified, resurrected Jesus Christ, who was their only hope for salvation. Look, if there had not been, if there had not been any manifestation, no one beyond the disciples in that upper room would have recognized the Holy Spirit had come.
But God doesn't just want it for us Christians that come together on Sunday or on Wednesday. He wants that bunch out there who doesn't know Jesus Christ, that there is a living, breathing God movement because I can see it, I can hear it, and it's flowing through that person. Only God could do that. See, the Holy Spirit will produce the manifestation out of that believer that can be seen and can be heard and be sensed by all those around. So it's not enough, folks. I'm just telling you. It's not enough to us to get up and preach sound doctrine. We need it, but that's not enough. It's not enough to teach good theology. It's not enough for us to have a Bible college to teach good Bible education. It's not enough. It's not enough for us to have good sound reasoning. True faith must not be based on the wisdom of men. It must be demonstrated, it must be established on the power of the Holy Spirit in operation that is sensed and felt by those who are around us. So it's not, can the Holy Spirit use me? It's, is he? Am I allowed it to happen? I love what 2 Timothy 1.6 says. It says, therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God. The gift of God, which is where, everybody? In you. Through the laying on of hands. It literally means to fan up the flame. Fan it up. Get, it, get the fire moving again inside of you. The problem is that so many Jesus followers are gifted and they don't know it. He's standing at the door with a free notebook, if you will, and somebody walks by. He's got a gift for you. You know, I meet, I meet believers you know, church has just become boring to me. I just don't know if I'm going to go today. Well, bless your heart. My Christianity's boring, dull. How many of you ever, how many Italian dressing people out there? How many, how many Italian dressing people? Okay, yeah. Let me say something. It's kind of like the believers today. They have ingredients in them that they don't know exist. And if I were to take this bottle off and say, you ought to try some Christianity, I mean, some Italian dressing. You know, you really, you really ought to go to church. You ought to really try this Italian dressing. And I take this cap off. And all you get is that oil on top. All you is going to get the nastiest taste of oil in your mouth. Greasy lips. And you're going... They want me to try Christianity. I mean, they want me to try Italian dressing. That was the lousiest stuff I ever tasted in my life. I'm going to tell you why the church in America is in decline. Because all they're getting taste of is oil, unflavored, and a bunch of greasy lips. But you start taking that believer who starts discovering the gift God has and the ingredients the Spirit has and said, you know what I need to do? Therefore, I need to be reminded to stir up. Stir up the gift of God. Stir it up. Stir it up. Now let me give you a shot of this stuff in your mouth. And you know what? I think I'll try some of that Christian, that G, uh, that oh, that Italian dressing. 
trying to fact, I like it. I think I'm going to put it on everything I eat. And then people really taste and see how good the Lord is. When we stop having dormant Christians who don't stir up the gift. So you know when we pray for people today, we're not just believing for miracles because how many know the gift of healing is in this room? The gift of the word of wisdom. And you're going to learn more about how that works and how that operates these weeks. So I don't want you to miss it. I'm telling you because you're going to learn how to stir up that gift, but you can't stir up what you don't know about. So we're going to get stirred up, stirred up. He says, come up laying on of hands. There's nothing that these men and women, when they pray for you, that they can give you personally because it doesn't come from them. They know it is the Holy Spirit that's just flowing through the conduit of humans that believe by faith. And we're going to believe God to stir up the gift. How many of you say, Pastor, I want this stuff. I want to shake this stuff up in my life. I want to shake it up in my life. I want this in my life. I need to get this dormant, dry, bland thing that I'm talking, that walking with God, it just seems bland. I need to stir this up and hunger for God today. I want you to get ready for that. Would you stand with me today for a moment? You know, one of the gifts God gives you is salvation. And you might have walked in here today and you're away from the Lord. You don't know Jesus Christ. Let me tell you, if you don't know Jesus Christ, I want you to ask somebody around you. I want you to ask somebody around you, could, could you tell me how to give my life to Jesus Christ? I want you to ask one of them Christians sitting out there right beside you. I hope one of you get a tap on the shoulder and God stirs up the gift in you. And for the first time ever, young lady, you've led someone to Jesus Christ. Some of you watching online, let me just tell you, you, you need to go ask a believer, show up to go find a believer, a Christian, say, tell me how to give my life to Jesus Christ. And if you need Jesus tonight, when they lay hands on you and pray for you, you can ask them, say, tonight I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. And these men and women will lead you to Jesus Christ. They'll lead you today. How many believe that's the greatest gift you could ever get? It's unmerited. You don't deserve it. I didn't deserve it. He gives it free when you ask for it. I'm going to ask the elders and the pastors, I want all our prayer teams to come across the front here. I don't know if some of you are just sitting there going, Pastor, I'm just dried up. I'm telling you, I'm just feeling dry and stale in my spirit with God. I need God to stir me up tonight. When these men and women lay hands on you, I want you to know tonight, you're going to sense the power of the Holy Spirit stir inside of you. There's some of you who have been asking God to fill you with the power of the Holy Spirit and to begin to start praising God in that unknown tongue, that language from your spirit to God's spirit. And when they pray for you and lay hands on you tonight, I want you to believe that God's going to fill you with the power of the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to tell you, just don't sit there and try to explain it and try to think it, think it apart. Would you just get up here and worship God? And I'll tell you, when they lay hands on you, why don't you just leave the English, just stop your English and start praising God in the unknown tongue. I don't care if it's one syllable. I don't care if it's two. I don't care if we go off like a machine gun or if it's just one word. You begin to praise God and the Holy Spirit because that gift is for you tonight. Can somebody bear witness and say, yes, the power of the Holy Spirit is for us tonight. Amen. There are gifts up here to be distributed. I don't know if you need a healing inside of your body and you need a miracle in your body. We're not just going to talk about this. We're going to pray God because the gift of healing is in this room, not through us. It's Jesus Christ that paid the price and the spirit releases that. I don't know if you're confused right now. You're getting ready. You say, Pastor, I don't know to make this decision. It's like my mind is clouded. I don't know what to do with my kid. I don't know what to do with this business decision. I don't know what to do with this job. I, I, I don't know what to do. The gift of the word of wisdom to be released in you tonight. You let the power of the Holy Spirit operate tonight. And if you need that, 
I'm going to invite you to come to this altar and we're going to believe God right now. We're going to believe God. And I'll tell you what, we're going to worship the Lord just a minute. We're going to praise God. Dane Casperson's going to lead us tonight in worship tonight. He's going to just lead us into the presence of God. So, just like that notebook, you can walk right past it. Or you, by faith, can step out from where you're seated and say, I need something tonight from God. Folks, listen, I'm not trying to put any kind of unusual pressure or condemnation on you, okay? Please, that's not me. But there's some of you that God has challenged you to step out from where you're seated. And don't just sit back and say, pray, God, help me back here. I can just receive it here. No, he's waiting for you to believe it with an action, a manifestation of what you believe in your heart. Just like the wind blows, nothing happens till there's a manifestation that it is. And maybe your faith needs a manifestation. And it means I need to step out tonight and believe for my healing. I'm going to believe for my child. I'm going to believe for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to believe for that prayer language now. I'm going to step out in faith. I'm going to manifest. I'm going to step out in faith tonight. And so when we begin to worship, come on, Brother Dane. I want you to begin to lead us. As we begin to worship, I want to invite you right now. Come on, just come. Just come and just begin to let them pray for you. Just going to let them pray for you.